hello there, you're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a theme park podcast. I'm Tom, joining me as ever is Josh. Hello there. Hello there, Josh. How's it going? I am pretty good. How about yourself? Not too bad, not too bad. I think I may have my first non-COVID cold of the co- of the COVID era, if that, if that makes sense. Oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a bit sniffly bit of a sore throat mainly in the morning probably cleared up a bit by the afternoon and then be bad again in the morning it's just how it goes yeah um my parents were meant to be out tonight for a uh, uh, someone's birthday and it sounds like all of the uh, couples have some sort of cold uh, so it's not going ahead by the sounds of things it's uh, it's that time of the year yeah and it turns out everyone's immune system is basically non-existent yeah, it's completely shot. Completely shot to pieces. Anyway, Josh, I'm I'm surprised and delighted that you're here because I thought that after the premiere of your incredible Beastly D in Florida series, you would see yourself as above this whole podcast shtick. So well, what are you still doing here? You know, you, you've uh, you got, to, got to stay humble, you know. You've got to remember your roots, uh, know where you come from. And be, always be true to that. That's very good advice to live by, I would say. And I'm glad that you are adhering to it, frankly, because solo podcasts are no fun whatsoever. But yeah, if you uh, have somehow missed the first instalment of Beastly D in Florida, then, you know, what are you doing? You really need to sort of enlighten yourself and go and seek that out on the Park Rush YouTube channel. Tweeted about it at that- Park Rush Podcast. Josh gave a little bit of a tease on last week's podcast. But uh, yeah, that's nothing compared to the to the vlog itself which is sensational stuff which, which should actually just be called beastly d in darford <laughs> that, that first episode yeah that would be more accurate i suppose but look it's the best film i've seen this week josh <laughs> oh yeah sing yeah i uh, wasn't wasn't that bad was it what the vlog <laughs> uh the film well i'm just trying to think now have i seen any other films this week that would challenge your vlog for its supremacy and i'm not sure that well, i have it depends if you count last sunday right well no i think that was that's last week in my mind that's okay yeah no we we've seen eternals which you know we'll talk about briefly because there is a, a tangential theme park link that we can just mention as a as a as a reason to talk about the film itself very briefly uh, some of the eternals have come to avengers campus at the uh, at the old Disneyland California Adventure, so you can now meet uh, Cersei. I'm going to see if I can remember these people's names without looking at them read written down next to the picture that I've got here. Oh, here we go. Yeah, and just sort of test how engaged I was with the movie. So we've got Cersei in the middle, who was uh, okay. Gemma Chan, I believe. Sure. You've got uh, is it Kringo on the on the left or to her right? King Kingo. Is it just Kingo? No, there's not Kringo. I think it's Kingo. Kingo. Okay. And then on the on her left. Yeah, I forgot. Uh Festus. Festus? Festus? Fostus? Fastus? Something like that. Fastus, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um Close, but no cigar. I have a feeling we're probably wrong about one of them. I'll 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 make this picture that I'm looking at the cover up for the episode so people can play along at home. Who's that Eternal? 
And I think also, you know, we're just in that unfortunate situation. Maybe this says more about me, but I feel like when you see, and, it, and, it, and it's in some ways even more pronounced than it is at, for example, the Marvel superhero Island all these years where they've clearly been sort of fairly low budget comic book iterations of those characters, you know, the meet and greets with Spider-Man. Yeah. Wolverine and people like that. But obviously with these ones at Avengers Campus, they are all meant to be the movie characters, the MCU characters. And looking at them it, it, as I am now, it just I'm just like, oh, people making porn parodies of these films already? They've only just come out. Yeah, they, these, these guys do not look like the Eternals at all. Um. <laughs> no, especially, <laughs> especially Kingo. It does not look anything yeah. like him. I, I think Festus is the closest one. I think that's just because he's a bigger dude and he's got a beard. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's all. That's like the closest he's got going on. Uh, yeah, I don't even think Cersei's hair is accurate, and that's a wig. I'm assuming so. Like they couldn't even get accurate hair from a wig. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, the the outfits are okay. They're not too bad. But yeah, I guess I guess you would imagine that these guys will be rotated in and out for other Eternals over the course of however long it is deemed necessary to have Eternals walking around Avengers Campus. Yeah. I don't know. Give me the King of the North. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just high, and and he has to be able to do a a Scottish accent. Yeah, you know, my, I could do a Scottish accent. I I don't look anything like. Richard Madden, uh, but you know I could do my best. Sorry, who? Richard Madden. He's the King of the North. Who? You know? Oh, you, the King of North. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I thought I'd give him the respect of using his actual name. I don't think he wants to go. Nah. He is probably fed up long ago of people going up to him in the street and being like, "You're the King of the North." I have a name, you know. I remember. So, I have a name. He you was know. in uh, was it Bodyguard, and I was just like, "Oh, it's the King of the North." <laughs> Yeah. How the mighty have fallen. He's now just a lowly bodyguard. Just a lowly bodyguard, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, you can meet some Eternals at Avengers Campus. The film is out now. Well, what did you think of the film, Josh? Was it as good as your vlog in your eyes? I would I would argue that the cinematography was probably better. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think the story is superior in the vlog, quite frankly. It's easier to follow. It's easier to follow yes. and it's less pretentious, I would say. And um, <laughs> it's far less. You don't have to have seen twenty vlogs before you see this one. You know what I mean? It's you can go in cold. You can get just as much out of it if you've seen no vlogs in your life or all the vlogs in your life. The Beastly D in Florida vlog doesn't care who you are. It respects you and your time. It's a fantastic experience, I have to say. They are nothing if not short. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, as you can probably tell from this uh, wild preamble about Eternals and vlogs and whatnot, uh, it's been another fairly slow week of theme park news. You know, a responsible, modestly professional podcast host at a time like this may have thought about putting some real planning into the episode, perhaps <laughs> sorting out a guest or two something that justifies a podcast being released when the news agenda is light. Unfortunately, I don't know anyone like that. So, you know, you get what you're given. <laughs> Which, 
yeah. which is you know, a lump of coal of a podcast, frankly. I mean, I did see Christmas lights up outside someone's house on my way home last night from the cinema. Yeah. So I think we're not far off Christmas gags being fair game, frankly, even though it is only as of recording the 6th of November. I'd imagine all that stuff yes. is up in the shops now and I wonder how much longer it will be before the theme parks are adorned with Christmas decorations probably not long I, I wouldn't be shocked if some of them have them up already uh, yeah I believe they're up in uh, they're, they've gone up in in, in, uh, in London I was about to say in England like that doesn't make any sense right um, there's like a Christmas London, there's, a, so. there's a national Christmas task force that is responsible for putting yes. up every Christmas decoration up and down the country I mean the John Lewis advert is out now so it is Christmas that's uh, that's how it works, right? Oh, yeah, I think so. Anyway, I mean, I can't be too cynical about Christmas because I just sound like a massive hypocrite given that our entire Christmas tree and kind of Christmas living room display is, I would say at this stage, sort of 70% driven by IP characters <laughs> from, you know. Uh, I mean, at this point, given where we're at, late stage capitalism and all that jesus is probably a trademark at this point right yeah he is right. he is ip he is ip moving on we have got some little bits and pieces that we can talk about i suppose uh, to keep us going to keep us occupied we don't have to resurface a theme park film review this week you'll be pleased to know although that haunted mansion episode is a banger and if you missed it you're missing out but yeah some sort it's of admin updates i think i guess you could say this one, I suppose, I guess you could say is a, is a moral victory for those of us who have never liked virtual queues and, and, and sort of, yeah, alternative queue systems, which have always been kind of impossible not to be cynical about, all the more so now um, that there are even more ways for Disney especially to try and squeeze some money out of you just for the right to queue a bit faster. But they're dropping the virtual queue on Web Slingers, a Spider-Man adventure. Uh, again, at Disney California Adventure in the Avengers Campus area. This being the Toy Story Midway Mania alike starring Tom Holland. And all this time it's had a virtual queue system as we've seen on Rise of the Resistance, for example. Ratatouille now in Epcot. Uh, but they're getting rid of it now or have got rid of it, I believe, and it is now just a walk-on, or a standby line, as they call it. Um, Huzzah! A, a welcome change, I, I assume, as far as you're concerned. Yes, absolutely. Um, get rid of alternative lines. Just, just hashtag. Get rid of alternative lines. Would that be your election yeah. promise to the people? <laughs> yes. Yeah, never mind, get yeah. Brexit done. Get rid of alternate lines. I like it. I think it, it stands, it makes sense everywhere you go. Um, post office. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the bank. What about supermarkets, uh, though? So you have quite a lot of queuing options at supermarkets, obviously. If you're, if you're a traditionalist, if you're a purist, you'll just queue up at the, the main uh, lines for the uh, checkout person to scan your shopping and you bag it up and, and you get on your merry way. But then, of course, you have you know, your 10 items or less or five items or less versions of those queues. You also have your self-service checkout. I mean, where are you going in those situations, might I ask? No alternative lines. <laughs> okay. uh, 
We're bringing back uh, a full suite of cashiers. Going to get rid of the stupid machines that are taking over the world. And, okay. Uh, putting people back in jobs <laughs> with no alternative lines. I mean, look, it's simple. It's to the point. It's easy to understand. I reckon you're onto something here. I'll get you. Okay. Uh, I'll get to work later. I'll look in our contacts book. I'll find Keir Starmer. I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you his number. And you know, Monday morning he'll be doing the rounds on the morning politics shows. And uh, yeah, over the weekend I've had <laughs> an epiphany about what the British people need and deserve, and the most convincing route back to power for Labour, and that is to get rid of alternative lines. If there's something the British people like. It's a proper cue. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And it's been overlooked for far too long, frankly. And I think you can probably trace back the what feels like slow unravelling of society to the gradual phasing out of traditional cues across the board. You know, Josh? So I think you're absolutely onto something and this deserves airtime as an idea, as a policy idea. They didn't have alternative cues in World War II, did they? And they survived the blitz. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, mate, if we found out all these years it's the EU that have been forcing alternative cues on us. I mean, <sighs> EU cues, it's in the name. You know, it's in their interest in the name. messing around with them. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Damn Spider-Man. <laughs> it's got no <laughs> virtual queue anymore. And this has been a trend, of course. Rise of the Resistance has got rid of its virtual queue. Ratatouille, one would assume, will eventually get rid of its virtual queue and and hopefully we'll live in a virtual queue free world so we'll we'll see a man can dream a man can dream indeed uh, in, in other sort of uh, day-to-day admin uh, when it comes to the disney parks face masks are becoming optional for fully vaccinated cast members in backstage areas <laughs> uh, beginning november 8th so as of uh, this podcast's release this change in the rules would have come into force so this is a co- well, i like how like that gets smaller and smaller like you start off with masks becoming optional yeah for staff who are fully vaccinated who are backstage <laughs> so this isn't official yet i should stress this is as reported by blog mickey uh, their sources yeah are saying face masks will no longer be mandatory for fully vaccinated cast members in backstage areas indoors beginning november 8th cast members will still be required to wear face masks indoors when they are considered on stage in guest facing roles so you can give covid you know you can spread covid amongst yourselves just don't give it to the guests because otherwise they might have to go home and and they'll be out of action for a couple of weeks they can't spend any money that's what this is all about Josh. yeah basically yeah so no change, I believe, to the to the situation with guests themselves. So if I'm remembering this correctly, of course, when Disney World first reopened, you had to wear masks. Then I think they eventually got to a point where the masks weren't mandatory anymore. And then they brought them back again when the Delta variant became more of an issue in Florida. And that's where that divide was created with Universal, where they, of course, got rid of masks the first time and have never have never brought them back. In Florida, I should stress specifically, obviously, they do have to in um, in Hollywood because it's the uh, it's the law there. Now, I mean, this yes. to me, I, I would imagine, will be followed fairly swiftly by changes to the rules for guests. And then I think cast members in front facing roles probably come 
last. Uh, you, know, you could debate the rights and wrongs of that, but it seems to me like the US are... I mean, I was watching, uh, believe it or not, CNBC the other day, and sometimes I feel like there's a slightly tragic... Uh, air to the way in which they report COVID on there because obviously it's all done through the lens of the economy. So, you know, when there's positive news to share about vaccines or treatments or whatever, they always present it in a way of like, and the stock market has surged in the, because of this. And it's like, well, you know, we may, maybe focus on all the lives that could be saved. No, this stock price is up. And it's it's always a bit strange as someone who's never been all that interested in in the minutiae of the economy and the stock market and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah. I think that kind of coverage is reflective of the... Uh, mood in America, uh, especially after some of the announcements this week. I think for, there was one from Pfizer specifically about a COVID treatment that they have developed. So not a vaccine. This is for people who end up with COVID symptoms and this basically gets them better. And I think it's meant to be something like 90, 95% effective. The thought I think over there now is that we will, uh, thanks to the to the drugs and the treatments, even more so than the vaccines, uh, it will get to a point in fairly short order where COVID will be this sort of endemic thing rather than a, rather than have pandemic status. Because um, you'll be at a point where, you know, the vaccine should give you a really good first line of defence. And then if it gets through that, you have the treatments to uh, sort it out from there. And I think once we're in that kind of position, you'll see the theme parks gradually loosen any remaining rules that they have around COVID. And I would fully expect, unless something goes badly wrong over winter, I would fully expect that by the time I'm in Florida, hopefully in April, I will not have to wear a mask basically anywhere except maybe the airport, It would be my guess. Yeah, maybe not in the airport by that point, right? We'll have to see, you know. See how the rules pan out. Yeah. So, Josh, you're not going to be, te- you know, you could get rid of the, they're going to get rid of the masks. You still won't go to Florida next year? Uh, no. What about slowly but surely, don't you think the experience of reliving your 2011 vlogs, will that not slowly chip away at you? And you know, I could well, I could recreate these bad boys. I could do more selfie mirror videos in my florida villa the uh the problem is and we might have mentioned this before obviously next year is 2022 i can't go on the 11th anniversary of the vlogs that just doesn't make sense i'd have to wait until 2031 it's the 10 plus one it's the 10 plus one or you know it's the 10 plus it's the 18 month celebration of the 10 year anniversary of your vlogs josh (laughs) and then it's perfectly fine in fact one could argue that that is literally perfect, given that you will be in the midst of Disney's own 18-month celebration of their 50th anniversary. So oh, that's very you, true. you could argue yeah. that the timing, ironically, is absolutely perfect. It just can't, you can't fault that logic. I can't argue against it. There's no argument to be given. No, absolutely not. So I look forward to seeing your 2022... 20, Florida vlogs, Jesus Christ. 2022 still doesn't sound like a, a real year, as it turns out. Oh, no, they're still going to be uh, branded as 2021 vlogs. I'm going to do oh, the okay. uh, Euro slash Olympic <laughs> style naming. Yeah, no, I like it. This is all. This all yeah. sounds brilliant, and genuinely, you should absolutely be going through with this. 
something that's happening before you have to make a decision on that, though, is uh, Destination D23 Live. Uh, so this is a two-day celebration of Walt Disney World Resort's 50th anniversary. People have got used to these events each year, making big announcements across the whole Disney company, really. But there's always been, you know, if, if, if you're looking for big theme park news, you know, you know, you can get big Disney movie news at just about any time of year. But for the big theme park news, it would often all be uh, focused around D23. So D23 is back on November 20th. And so I think theme park fans should expect some updates on projects that have been announced and we are patiently waiting for more and then also who knows maybe we get some new stuff as well so i've just uh, i've got a list here of some of the things that i think you know we should realistically expect updates on so we've got guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind at epcot we've got the disneyland version of mickey and minnie's runaway railway We've got the new Fantasy Springs area of Tokyo Disney Sea, the Tron Light Cycle at Magic Kingdom. We've got Zootopia at Shanghai Disneyland, Frozen at Hong Kong Disneyland, and Avengers Campus at Walt Disney Studios at Disneyland Paris. I mean, so not a lot then. No, no not much really. I mean, <laughs> would, you, would you expect? I mean, it seems to me like this is only meant to be. I guess a two-day event. I think, so I guess that's plenty of time to to talk about all this and more. But I think I, I feel like they could fill their boots quite easily just by giving updates on all that kind of stuff. I wonder if there'll there'll be any lessons learned. In fact, because of course we've known about a lot of this for a very long time now, and most of it, well, all of it, clearly is still not open, and some of it feels like still a long way away. Given that, do you think they'll shy away from announcing anything new, or do you think they will just go crazy? I don't know. Well, obviously, they've got a big uh, event. Uh, one of the big things is a look at the future of the Disney Parks experiences and the products. So, which Josh DeMario will uh, obviously share, uh, or be out and share all the stuff with on. So, I, I would imagine you'll see maybe uh, some extension on some of that stuff. Maybe the Tokyo Disney stuff, not necessarily the stuff that's already in play per se. And then from there, you kind of go, well, what's next? I don't think it was last year. It was the year before, was it? Were they? announce the Epcot stuff and all of that. So maybe it's time for another big project. Who knows? Um, big project announcement, maybe. Uh, I don't know. What do you What do? You do? New park? It's, uh, ha! Don't think, I don't think that's on the cards. No, no. I, I think I think a, a new park Disney announcement, I, I don't see that ever happening under the stewardship of Lex... Uh, sorry, Bob Chapek. I just don't think that's <laughs> realistic. Goes against his there's, very um, nature. Obviously, um, the ride at Dinoland USA has gone. Uh, what is it? Um, Primeval World. Wild Mouse. Primeval World. That's gone or going. So obviously, you would assume something's going in that place. We don't know officially yet, right? So would they have to stick to the uh, dinosaur theming? Is that land still a dinosaur zone? Well, some people have rumoured that there might be like um, Phantom Manor. Is it Phantom Manor or Mystic Manor? The one that's at Hong Kong. Oh, weird. So you have two versions of the Haunted Mansion at Disney World. That seems like a very cheap thing to do. A very... Which is why I could absolutely believe it. I mean, I'm trying to think of whether or not there's any other sort of dino Disney movies or anything that that have been released since Dinosaur. 
I mean, I was about to say they probably own Jurassic Park. I think Jurassic Park is actually one of the few big franchises Disney still do not actually own. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, if you if you were to commit, if you were to stay committed to kind of the original vision of some of these parks, you would say, well, it doesn't have to be based on IP. You know, just come up with an original dinosaur idea. Of course, that's not going to happen. That's wildly unrealistic. But wouldn't it be nice <laughs> yeah, right. if they just said, hey, Imagineers, let your imaginations run wild here. Come up with a, a, a cool dinosaur experience to replace the primeval world. You are not limited at all by our staple of IP. You can just go to town. Uh, that would be a cool, a, a cool request, I'm sure, for for many Imagineers to to hear. But yeah, I can't imagine that will pan out. I think I think every Disney ride until the end of time will have to have some sort of IP attached to it. Yeah, it seems it certainly seems that way right now. Um, we'll have to wait and see, though. Yeah, I, I think. You know, the only way a new park gets the green light in the Chapek era is if Epic Universe opens and is a massive hit and pulls away a lot of the eyes from Disney World. And then it obviously will end up being a reactionary decision. I think if you had a more, you know, for all his faults, and obviously by the end it all went very pear-shaped indeed, but you could imagine the kind of the early eyes, the early Eisner era where they were quite bullish and uh, and confident and clearly a little overconfident with their plans to expand and all that kind of thing. You'd imagine that that era of Eisner in control now would probably absolutely be trying to preempt Epic Universe and build a new park. I mean, he would probably have sat in yeah. on the meetings and would be working to open <laughs> a Fantastic Worlds. Disney's Fantastic Worlds would probably have been announced by now. Yeah, he'd probably be kicking himself that he'd opened uh, Avatar at uh, Animal Kingdom. Yeah. But no, he's uh, directing Pompey instead. I can't... (laughs) Yes. I can't really envisage anything of that scale. I mean, I I think there is an argument to be made that it would be sensible not to announce anything particularly big at all and just focus on getting everything that you still have in the works out there and ready. But of course you want to generate headlines and buzz around these kinds of events and the best way to do that is to announce something completely new something something i mean marvel is is still huge yeah yeah marvel related announcement will probably make some kind of sense if if you know anything extra marvel related they could do in florida or whether it's just a case of replicating avengers campus somewhere else I'd imagine we will see something of scale announced. Just depends yes. where in the world that is. London Resort. You'd imagine so. London Resort. Oh man, imagine it's not going to happen. We teamed up with event with uh, the London Resort. We're bringing Avengers Campus to uh, the London Resort. I think they're um, actually going to make a decision on that fairly soon. I would hope so. I mean. Uh, we must be coming um, up, right? I mean, I kind of, based on some of the talk, was it earlier this year or la- or was it last year when we went to that virtual public consultation and we had the uh, obviously the the eco warriors trying to preemptively block the planning application, essentially, and that all kind of felt like it fell away a little bit. It is one thing to note, though. Actually, I mean, I don't know how much this would make a difference really i don't think it would but of course the department the government department that is responsible for giving this kind of thing the all clear 
has changed a little bit in the last cabinet reshuffle so uh, it's no longer this is super boring for people who don't know what I'm talking about but it's no longer Robert Jenrick that leads that department it's now Michael Gove and they renamed it so it's the department of levelling up and blah 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 everything it was before rather than just the department of blah 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 as it was before so uh, I mean what says you know what says levelling up better than a theme park right so I'm just looking at this now uh, the applicants, so uh, the London Resort Company Holdings, have said that they're going to delay its submission until uh, April slash May twenty twenty two. Why? This is because of uh, the um, uh, Natural England's decision on the designation of the uh, Swanson Peninsula. So, I mean hippies. Uh, Blimmin' hippies. So, yeah, the uh, examining authority has uh, allowed them to delay it until April, May 2022 to get their um, responses into all of that stuff officially, even though they've been adding documentation almost every other week since then. It's a big old uh, library of documentation that has been handed in to them. All of it is in legal jargon that is really boring and kind of means nothing. Um, And it's all about arguing over whether they're even allowed to build anything there. We have to wait until the examining authority, uh, the planning inspectorate, uh, decide whether or not it can go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll have to wait and see on that, I suppose. It wouldn't shock me after all this if it did get skewered by environmental concerns. But, you know, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, D23, it's coming up in a couple of weeks here, two weeks today, that will begin as of recording and, you know, we should get some news out of that, whether it's just updates or brand new uh, announcements, we should at least have some stuff to talk about. Uh, Just one final thing pointed out to us by a friend of the show, John Self, uh, mentioned earlier, you know, theme parks probably already getting ready for Christmas and indeed that appears to be the case because the Jock Lindsay Holiday Bar has returned and to Disney Springs, so this is uh, the annual festive retheme of Jock of the Jock Lindsay Bar, the Indiana Jones themed bar at Disney Springs. That has now been holidayified. I guess the thing as well, of course, in the US is that they they, get, they have to get Thanksgiving out of the way first before attention fully turns to Christmas. Uh, you know, we're on the home stretch to Christmas already here. You know, we've stolen yes. Christmas. We, we've uh, stolen Black Friday sales, but we haven't quite started celebrating Thanksgiving. Wouldn't really make much sense over here, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> arguably, uh, they have like started celebrating Christmas more than they have previously. I would argue, like they they've taken on our love of Christmas more, um, and Thanksgiving has fallen by the wayside a little bit. Oh, fair enough. Well, I think that's going to do it, Josh. I mean, I, I I'll just say two things, real quick, uh, that I know about. Uh, there is a Deep discount on Genie Plus for UK Magic Ticket owners. Oh. Uh, so £6.99 per day. So, uh, you know, that's very that's a lot cheaper than it was uh, previously. So I think that takes yeah, but takes off like five yeah, bucks off the retail price. Don't let that trick you. You know, a big discount on yeah. a bad deal is potentially still a bad deal. Yes, absolutely. Uh, not only that... Um, but the first three months of Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel is fully booked. Oh, bunch of suckers. <laughs> yeah. 
and and just to add to the bad news, uh, a judge has ruled that Disney did not violate living wage laws uh, in a class action lawsuit in Anaheim. Uh, Disney did not dispute that it didn't pay its class members a living wage. It just disputed that it hadn't had a city subsidy, so didn't have to. <laughs> Which is a lovely way of thinking about it, I think. Yeah, you know, we don't we don't dispute the fact that we uh, we have some scummy practices, but you know, there's no reason why we can't. So back off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, the law states that we have to get a city subsidy and we didn't, so we don't have to pay. And I think you had one bit about a, a ride at Drayton Manor for the UK yes. theme park fans among us. I did. Pa- Pandemonium. Uh, I didn't get to ride Pandemonium because uh, my shoulders are too broad, which is uh, the first. It's the first time I've been not allowed on a ride because of that. Uh, it's closed. It's it. It's done. You missed the last chance to ride it at the end of October during their uh, kind of Halloween fireworks celebrations there, and it's gone. It's going to be replaced. Uh, it's had a good runnings. Uh, it's been there since 2004, but no more. R.I.P. Pandemonium, which yes, is one of my favourite words in the English language. So uh, it's, it's any excuse to, stay, uh, to say it is all right by me, even if that does mean the closure of a theme park ride. Is there like an equivalent? Like obviously, you have pandemic and endemic. Is there like an endemonium? Uh, I, d- I don't know. I don't know. I mean, ender is an okay. ender is a name, you know. Or you know, a, a person can be called. I mean, a person can be called panda. I mean, there's nothing to stop you. I, I don't <laughs> imagine there are necessarily many people, if any, out there called panda. But ender is a name. It's an, fairly common in Ireland, I believe. And uh, you know, endemanium. There was a film, uh, right? Uh, sorry. Is there a film called Ender? Ender's Game? No, 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 no. Oh, well, I was thinking Ender with an A, not Ender as in oh, okay. E-R, but I right. th- which I think is what Ender's Game was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Endermanium. Uh, to answer your question, I don't know. But Pandemonium is okay. a great word and people should use it more often. Uh, you know what else people should do more often, Josh? It's listen to the Park Rush podcast. And you can make sure you do so on a weekly basis by subscribing on your podcasting app of choice or by following us at Park Rush Podcast to make sure you know when new episodes have gone out or if we have anything else to promote, such as Beastly D in Florida, this new vlogging series where we look back on Josh's incredible 2011 trip and frankly questionably documented 2011 trip to Florida. New episodes are going out every Thursday on the Park Rush YouTube channel, so obviously subscribe there. But also, of course, follow us on Twitter and you'll be alerted to to when one has gone out. And if you want to get in touch with the show, there are a few ways to do it. Obviously, tweet us at that aforementioned handle or email podcast at parkrush.com or leave us a voicemail at parkrush.com. I think that's everything, Josh, unless you have anything else to add. That is it. That's all I've got. That's all we've got here. Of course, we're going into winter, everyone. Uh, COVID is back on the menu, boys. Get your booster jabs. Uh, I believe they're opening up a month early for people here in old uh, Blighty, Josh. So uh, we should be able to get on that pretty damn soon here. Uh, And if you are eligible, uh, whether you're in the UK or anywhere else, go and get that sweet, sweet vaccine. We'll see you next week, everyone. Take it easy. Goodbye.